That's nice. Thank you so much. Welcome to those who are joining us online as well as those who are in the room. Actually, there's so much to catch up on and to pray for in terms of the church's social action and outreach. And I think one remarkable uh, aspect of life in the church since the original lockdowns just over two years ago has been the growth in our social action and outreach ministries and the impact that they're having on lives and on people in our town. So we've got six activities to discuss. We're going to break it up into two lots of three with prayer and worship in between. Uh, but I'm going to call up some of those who are in leadership of those works. And as I do so, those who are in the room, let's make them feel really, really welcome. So first up, we're going to hear about King's Table, our Su King's Table Sunday. Let's make James feel really, really welcome as he comes to talk with us. I said this to you earlier, James, you look more and more like Jesus, the more I see you, actually. <laughs> and uh, um, anyway, so let's just talk, uh, sorry, I, that, that, that's not in my notes. Um, so King's Table, what is it? Well, it's a ministry that we started in July 20, that's made you feel good, hasn't it? In July 2019, uh, and it's to serve people in the town struggling with street homelessness and life-controlling addi addictions such as drug and alcohol abuse. So, James, just to, just to set the scene, could you give us an idea just of the scale of this work? So, how many people have we served since we started in July 2019? Yeah, so since the last count, it's been, from the last count, it's been 245. So, that's 245 individual people in total, over, that we've served in yeah. just under three years. I think that's worth celebrating, church. I think probably when we started this, we didn't know what we were getting, uh, getting involved in, really. That's so wonderful. But if we think of a typical Sunday, so King's Table Sunday, how many guests on average is the team serving? Normally about 20 to 30. So that's every Sunday, 20 every Sunday. To, to 30 guests every Sunday. Now, so we operate a takeaway service here. Mm. We have since just after lockdown. What happens on a Sunday? We're talking about serving 20 to 30 people. What do we actually do? as part of that Sunday service? So we'll greet them and chat with them, you know, ask how their week's going and offer to pray for them, give them clothes and books if they want it and then send them off with a takeaway hot meal. And the food's really good actually. The food is yeah. excellent actually, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is good. Uh, yeah. And actually, that's something that the guests have appreciated and we've had really positive feedback about the food. It's the best food in Wickham. It's the best food yeah. in Wickham. Yeah. Is that what we're told? That's what we're told. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. That's what yeah. the guests tell us. That's what they say, yeah. Actually, that's yeah. important because we're honouring we're honoring Jesus through the quality of the food that we're that's, offering. That's right. So we pray, we get to know them, we engage in some of the details of their lives, we follow up week on week. But if you were to share a sort of main highlight or a standout moment from the last year or so, what would that be? What's changed in the last year? Well, for me, it's the openness of the guests. You know, they're, they're opening to hear about God and, and they want to, they express an interest in coming to church and some of them, we've given them Bibles, they read them and they just, they seem very interested. And that's a big change from, say, before, before lockdown more guests showing, showing more interest in yeah. becoming part of the life of the church. 
we're going to talk a little bit about how we're handling that a little bit later in terms of integrating King's Table guests into the life of the church. But now at present, we're, we're, as we said, we're serving takeaway meals. That was forced on us as a result of all the lockdowns and restrictions uh, in 2020. But originally, King's Table was different from what it is now in that we operated at a West End Hall, which is a hall just behind us where our kids work is now. And we served a sit-down meal. Uh, then we had a, a God slot where we spoke unashamedly about Jesus, often someone sharing a testimony. And we'd like to get back to that format as soon as possible. James, from, from your point of view and the point of view of the guests, why is it important to get back to that way of engaging with our guests? Well, it's very important because it was more of a community meal. They shared a meal with us. We would sit down together, the volunteers and, and the guests, and talk, and it's very dignifying. But also the God slot was very important as well. I think they were really engaged with that, and they would clap afterwards. You know, it, was, uh, it went down well. What are, I mean, it isn't just that we're providing a meal. And What other things are we able to do when we're back in, in the West End Hall? Well, we can let them have a shower there and give them clothes and just spend more time talking to them, really. So it's much more relational, much yeah. more engaging, and much more service-oriented. Yeah. Now, the group I lead is called TSM, and uh, we came last term. We sort of gate-crashed, didn't we? No, we, did, we, did, we let you know. Yeah. And we came, and we just had a taste of Sunday. Uh, most of us did, had never served on the ministry before. We were buddied up with those who are much more experienced than us. And we had this Taster Sunday, which went down so well yeah. with those in, in my small group. So how can you people who've not been involved in this, this work before give it a go and see if it's suitable for them? We'll be having some more Taster sessions in the near future, which you could sign up for. Um, so if you'd like to sign up for those, if you're watching online, you're in the room, uh, because these guests are very vulnerable, we do make membership a requirement of serving on this specific work but if you'd like to explore how you could be part of that uh, the same not just for King's Table there are all the works that we're going to talk about this morning all you have to do is this go to kchw.co.uk forward slash life scroll to the bottom of the page and there's the ability to sign up and express your interest in serving at King's Table and all the other ministries as well James we want to honor you you're doing a terrific work changing lives one life at a time it's so profound so significant let's thank James shall we do you know there's so much going on we are just skimming the surface of the depths of what God is doing in all these particular works. Next, we're going to hear from uh, uh, Azalea. So let's make Joanna feel very, very welcome. In the room, that was good cheering, by the way. And that's so Azalea. Wow, where do we start? Well, we started. Azalea started in 2017 with a group of women praying in the church. And you came on staff April 2020, probably seems a long time ago now. Um, and Azalea is a ministry that enables women who are caught in commercial sexual exploitation to walk free of prostitution, walk free of addictions, get to know Jesus as well. And we are partnering with a well-established charity in Luton called Azalea, who provides oversight and training and vision for us. And we have a prayer team that, that prays every Tuesday as well. 
So, Joanna, what is Azalea doing to reach out to these women? Please give us a flavour of that. So we have a wonderful team of 12 frontline volunteers and every Tuesday evening a team of three go out to walk around the streets just around here. We look for the ladies, we chat to them, we say hello, we take cakes out with us which is very important, offer them those, we take toiletries and bits and pieces and we just try to get alongside them and we always offer to pray for them as well. So in total, so that's been running about 18 months in terms of that, that street outreach which requires courage, a lot of courage. How many women in total, I know it's hard to gauge, but how many do we think that we've met in total over that time period? I think we've met about 20. Some of them we've only seen once, other people we've seen lots of times. Uh, we don't always learn their names, and so it's hard to tell, but I think it's about 20. Now, that's just one thing we do on a, on a Tuesday evening. What's the other thing that we do Tuesday evening as well? So since last Easter, we've also been opening up West End Hall again uh, at the same time as we're on outreach so that we can invite the women in. Um, and it's just really nice to be able to sit down with them on a comfy chair and have a cup of tea and just it's a bit easier to connect and talk with them. So we really love inviting them in when we get the opportunity to do that. So it's not just tea and coffee. There are other things that we're able to offer. Can you give us a flavour for that? And also tell us about what's happening on Wednesday. Um, so we also, the shower is also available to the ladies if they want to use it. We have a lot of clothes and shoes that we give them, more toiletries and things like that um, in drop-in, which is lovely. So Wednesday, we're now opening drop-in at lunchtime as well in the daytime. So we offer hot meals at that point as well. Now, again, because there's so much going on, I'm just going to ask for, for really one highlight and one low light because they sort of come together uh, in a ministry like this. So highlights and, and highlight and low light from the last 18 months of, of street outreach and drop-in. I tried to put two in in the first service, but obviously I've been rumbled. <laughs> so um, I'll let you go my biggest highlight... <laughs> no, no um, we had an amazing thing recently where one of our ladies prayed to invite Jesus into her life, which was just incredible. She, um, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Lord. So we've seen this lady lots of times. We've prayed with her, and she came to the daytime drop-in, and we just had the chance for a, a deeper conversation, a bit more depth, talking about faith and things. Anyway, then she came back in the evening again and said, oh, I was thinking about this. I'm a bit confused, not sure what you were talking about. You know, she really followed up. She'd really been thinking about what we were talking to her about, which was incredible. And anyway, we had another chat, and one of my lovely, lovely volunteers um, just said to her, have you ever asked Jesus into your life? And she said, oh, not sure. And so she had the opportunity to do that then, which was incredible, amazing. So it sounds it's going swimmingly well. It's a breeze, this work. Uh, no, be, let's be realistic. What are some of, the, some of the low lights and challenges of this work? Yeah, so that was a highlight, but it's not a breeze. Um, the truth is, I have not seen that lady since then, which is really disappointing. We are worried about her. We are still praying. We trust that God is at work. But the lowlights, it's hard when you go out on a Tuesday and you don't meet with the women. It's really difficult, and we, we just want to be with them. And, yeah, it's hard when we don't see them. So that's the tough bit. So we've got Wednesday morning drop-in. We've got Tuesday evening drop-in and outreach, Tuesday prayer group as well. What are the next steps? What's the thing we want to stretch into to deepen this work? So what I'd like to do next is um, start another outreach evening so that we can go out on another night in the week and just have more opportunities to meet with the women and see them and get alongside. 
you've mentioned that you've got a great team of women. So, uh, you know, a question then is, what's the role of men in a work like this? Do they have a place? So what can men do and why? Why is it important that men get involved? Yeah, so there's definitely a place for men and it is really important. Um, what we know from Luton, where they're much further down the road of this work, is that for a woman to um, exit the work that she's doing, the life that she's living, um, it's really important to have... Um, men that she can get to know who are good, who are decent people, who respect the women and who are godly men and have that godly attitude. So that's really, it can be really transformational. It can change their whole percep perception of blokes and so it's really important. So men can get involved and become part of, with all the necessary training, become all part of the outreach. Um, <clears throat> how do people who might want to serve either through prayer, outreach, drop-in, whatever, um, how do they find out about more about Azalea and how to become part of it? Um, so it'd be great if you come and speak to me. I'll be at the welcome area at the end, or you can email me or phone me um, or get in touch through the website. And if you are watching online and you'd like to register interest in Azalea and find out more, and you can do this in the room as well. Go to casehw.co.uk. This is the last time I'm going to say this. casehw.co.uk forward slash life. So, Joanna, great what you're doing. Thank you. Let's show our appreciation to Joanna. Church, let's not forget these are ministries of great courage. Uh, and we're so appreciative of what's happening. So we're now going to move on to English as a second language. Rachel is going to come and share. Let's make Rachel feel super welcome. Rachel has come out of our kids' work to come and share with us. So you really are multitasking. Yep. Welcome. <laughs> Take a breath. I'll just explain what, what, what it is. English as a second language. We've been running this show. This is one of these sort of stealth ministries. It's easy to miss what God is doing and the impact of this. This has been running at Kings for over five years. And Rachel, you've been part of this and heading this up for five years. What it does is it provides classes to non-English speakers at different levels, right through from beginners to more advanced. And we've got 22 women. That's all women at the moment on our courses this term. Courses meeting now in person, praise the Lord, now that restrictions have lifted. Rachel, this sounds like a colossal investment of time for you. Why do you invest so much time and energy in this work? Well, because it's so needed, really. Um, there are a lot of people in High Wycombe who don't speak English. And through getting to know them, we've come to know what life can be like for them when they don't speak English. Um, in, on a functional level, they're really limited in what they can do in society and in life. Um, they're very dependent on other people. If they don't speak any English, they'll need um, to take their husband or a friend to interpret everything they say. If they go to the doctors, if they go to parents' evenings or whatever, they need someone to speak for them. But even when they you know, have a go themselves in day-to-day -day situations, say they're going to the supermarket, there's always the fear, what if someone comes up to me and says something unexpected and they'll expect me to know what to do when I just won't know what to do. So a lot of them can suffer from, from fear and anxiety because of that, even in sort of day-to-day -day things. Um, and they can also be very isolated. And some of them will only know their husband and their children when they come here, and that's it. 
Um, and so they really need a community. They need to be known. Um, and so through doing the classes, we're helping them with their English, but we're also providing an aspect of that community and getting to know each other. Give us a flavour, Rachel, for the different nationalities of people who are, who are coming and accessing what you're providing. Okay, I'll try to remember them. <laughs> it's quite a lot. Um, we've got some people from Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India, uh, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Romania, Algeria, Turkey and Ukraine. I think that's, that's all. And uh, Syria, I think, as well. And Syria, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> So you're you mentioned you're providing this, this sense of community and, and improving people's ability just to navigate day-to-day -day life and, be, and have s social things built into their life and reinforce. What life changes have you seen as a result of what you're doing? Um, well, other than growing in confidence and being more able to navigate their day-to-day -day lives, um, we have one story recently of a lady who uh, wanted to become an accountant. She'd started an accountancy course in India, um, but then she got married, moved over here, had children, and she wanted to do that again, but wasn't sure how to do it. This was actually during lockdown, we, through a video, <laughs> WhatsApp video conversation. Um, and I, I happen to know someone in the church who used to be an accountant who could sign, who signposted us to a course that she could do, which she did, which she did. And a few weeks ago, she got her first job, so she is now an accountant. That's a life change, isn't it? That's a life change because of the investment that's been made. Rachel, you and the team do such a great job. But I know you don't want to stay static. You want progression in, in, in this work. Where do you want this ministry to go in the near future? So over the next year, what we'd like to work towards is all the ladies having two classes a week instead of one. We find quite often um, that they'll forget in between the classes a lot of what we learnt. So having more regular teaching would help them to progress faster. And also to kind of encourage them to have goals, that they can reach their goals with in their English goals, they can improve and by having more on offer that will help towards that. We also want to make some time for the, to have more faith conversation and work on the conversation rather than just the grammar. Um, we want to do more, offer more. Uh, oh, and I'm going to um, give more time to this in September as well. It's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't God's blessing this? Yeah, let's applaud. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you. As I say, you, these works are, they're transformative, they're, they're changing lives. So, should we give thanks to the Lord for this? Let's stand together, we're going to worship and then we're going to pray. So let's stand together at home, join in the worship and we'll pray together shortly. So we're going to hear from three more of uh, Outreach and Social Action Ministries. And uh, the first one is what, what's called CAP, which stands for Christians Against Poverty. Ian is our CAP Centre Manager. Let's make Ian feel really welcome as he comes to share with us. Just for those of you who don't know, so CAP is a, is a Christian charity that we part, we part nationwide charity, international charity actually. We've partnered with them since 2014. It helps people with unsustainable debt, mainly people outside the church, to get out of debt. And an important point here is that 
This work we do with CAP, neither CAP nor Kings pays off the debt of any of our, of our clients. That's not what happens. Instead, CAP negotiates on behalf of each client with creditors as one way. That's one way we get people out of debt, a very bespoke service. So uh, this is very intense, very bespoke. So Ian, can, again, can you give us an idea of the scope of CAP's involvement in terms of getting people out of debt? How many families, I know this is an estimate, we can't be precise, but roughly, how many families have you engaged with since you came on staff in 2014? Yes, it is an estimate, but I would estimate about over 300 families that we've, we've been engaged with over the last eight years. That's wonderful. Let's, let's thank the Lord we have that. Now, how many families do we think that we've got? Well, we know, don't we, how many families? Yeah. So, how many, Ian? Please. Uh, no, exactly. We've got 74 families out of debt over the last great, eight years. <clears throat> we were hoping to have had the 75th by this meeting, but unfortunately that hasn't come through. So we're stuck at 74 for the time being. We've got to blame the Lord's timing. We've got to yeah. merge with the Lord's timing. And we've got about another 20 or so possibly a few more than 20 that we are currently working with towards that goal of becoming debt-free. So that process, we're going to talk in a moment about how that affects getting, getting debt-free, how that affects people's lives. But you've been doing this for eight years. What have you seen that debt does to people and how it affects their day-to-day -day living? Unsustainable debt is, is awful for a family. Uh, it affects them physically, it affects them mentally, it affects them emotionally. So you'd, have, you'd see families going short of food, parents often missing food so they can feed the kids. You'd be looking at cold houses, poor clothing, you'd be looking at uh, sleeplessness, fear, anxiety, depression, um, relationships being strained, it, it's just awful. The sense of isolation, the sense of shame, people don't like to share. The, the fact that they're, they're in debt, even with their closest family, uh, is very painful. But this could become very dark indeed. I mean, you've even had clients that, that have told you about considering suicide. A client shared with me and my befriend uh, just a few weeks ago, about five, six weeks ago, that she had made an attempt on her life because of the, of the pressure of debt. So let's then go, for, that's from the dark side. Let's think more positively. Can you give an example of someone that we've helped through our cap work, through our cap work, and what change that's made to her life. So there are quite a few. One of the more recent ones I can tell you about is a young lady called Carolyn. That is not her real name, uh, but Carolyn came to cap and she was in quite a serious uh, uh, state of mental illness. She was suffering from depression and anxiety. We started working with her. And uh, partway through the appointment, she was so overwhelmed with, it, with it, anxiety and she, she just couldn't speak. She just clammed up. She just got up out of the sofa, left the living room and went sobbing into the kitchen. She just could not cope. We were there to help and she just couldn't. She just couldn't deal with it. Um, so that, that's the low point. How, how did Cap help her? 
So, so we did the best to console her. We had to leave that meeting. We couldn't complete that, that appointment. So we, we rearranged and her mum came along to help. She did a 100-mile round trip to be with her daughter. And then we were able to work with her and work through the process. Uh, so we've got her onto a debt route. And um, she's within about one or two weeks of becoming debt-free now. That's just that's wonderful, isn't it? Well done. Well done. Again, transformative. So how has that changed her outlook on life and what's she doing now that she didn't used to do? Yes, well, I spoke to her just a week, just a week ago and she's, she's much, she was much brighter on the phone. Um, uh, cheery, bright, and she's, she's just got a different outlook on life. And uh, she's still got issues, um, but uh, she's so positive about CAP. She shared about CAP with her sister. Now, her sister is also in serious, unmanageable, unsustainable debt. And Carolyn shared with her sister, you should get hold of CAP. They're very good. Her sister wasn't interested. Christian is against poverty, CAP. She'd heard about them, and what she'd heard wasn't very good. So, end of that conversation. The next day, her sister found Carolyn in tears, and there were tears of joy, because she had contacted Cap, and what she found that on the end of the phone was there was someone who was kind to her, uh, considerate, treated her with dignity, and she, she was just so overwhelmed with the kindness that was shown to her, possibly for the first time in her life, she ended up in tears, she also is now working with CAP. I heard her on the phone the other day. She said, you guys are amazing. And <clears throat> so there's a ripple effect. And also, which I didn't share in this first service, but Carolina said, when I feel well enough to get out of the house and drive, I'm going to come and see you guys down at the church. She's seen the love of Jesus, hasn't she? She's seen the love of Jesus. That's great. So, a number of ways people can help with CAP. They can support CAP financially. Uh, they can be part of the prayer team that supports this work, or they can be part of the client befriender team. So, for those who might wish to explore how to be part of CAP and the work that you do, see people becoming free of debt and anxiety, what can people do who are in the room? What can they do today? You could come and speak to me at the end of the meeting. I'll be at the back there at the welcome area. I've got some information for you and I can talk things through with you. Or you can uh, contact onlife at kchw.co. Do you want me to finish it off? You no, can you, I promised I wouldn't say it again, though. That's the thing. So well, forgive I... me, but I'm being asked. So kchw.co.uk forward slash life. So you can go there and register an interest and Ian will be in touch. Ian, thank you so much. Let's show our appreciation. You're welcome. Now we're going to move on. We're going to carry on. We're going to now talk about Little Stars, our parent and toddler group. And Charlie's going to come and share with us. Let's make Charlie feel really, really welcome. So Little Stars is our parent toddler group, runs twice a week here in the auditorium, Tuesdays and Fridays, Tuesdays for babies, those under one primarily, toddlers coming on the Friday. You ran vir Little Stars virtually during lockdown. I don't know how you did that, sending out craft packs. It was just amazing, incredible achievement. We're back in person. Highlights, what are some highlights for you from the last few months? 
Um, yeah, I think it's just been the opportunity to meet back together again, to um, yeah, just start to deepen relationships, to see lots more people coming back into the toddler group. Um, I can see lots of my lovely mums are here actually, which is lovely. Um, and yeah, just um, to have uh, people coming back and just being able to share again together, it's been amazing. Now, Little Stars it is expanded. And because uh, you're an evangelist, Charlie, you, you love Jesus drawing people to him. And there are now a number of different offshoots um, for, to connect more strongly with the mums, provide more support for the mums. Can you give us an idea of some of the things that are happening? Yes, so um, we just started uh, on Friday, we restarted, actually we did this before lockdown, our Stories of Hope Breakfasts, I might need a snappier title anyway, <laughs> um, so Dawn who is here, the lovely Dawn organised that with me, um, it was just lovely, we had um, 14 um, parents and childminders came, shared breakfast with us, I was able to share a story from my life of how um, God has just given me hope and um, has changed my life and um, it was just lovely to have all the the parents there together to share community together. I just felt like we were really um, just seeing community uh, beginning there, which was really lovely. And uh, yeah, we just had the opportunity to pray with some of the mums and to just go a bit deeper and to have some, uh, yeah, just real life conversations with them, which was amazing. So that's the, the uh, Stories of Hope Breakfast. You're also being th threading into English as Second Language, which Rachel was talking about. How have you connected those two? Yeah, so we have started some conversation classes on a Tuesday afternoon. Well, not really classes because I'm not really a teacher. Um, they're just coffee and cake and people get to come in and just have a chat with us. So that has been lovely. We've had um, maybe two or three, no, four Four people have come different times. We've had one or two that have come super regularly. Um, we have one Muslim lady that comes as often as she can. And um, yeah, it's just been lovely to get to know her. We've, because we've had the more time and the space with her, she's been able to just share the depths of her life, some of the, the difficult things she's been through through lockdown. She lost her father. And we've just been able to pray for her about that and just be, um, yeah, just be a support and an encouragement to her in that, which is amazing. You're not staying still on this. You, you want Little Stars to continue to expand. What are your sort of next steps that you're really stretching for with Little Stars and all these offshoot groups? That you're yeah. In? So um, obviously we'd love to get more people to coming into our conversation um, groups, some of the refugees in the town. Um, and also we are starting a, um, hopefully, an encouragement group for mums as well on a Monday morning where we will just have more space again, just time for people to come and to share with us. Um, we'll have, we're going to try and do some um, short Bible studies, discovery Bible studies there. And again, just share stories of hope with the, um, the parents. And we're hoping just to have that space and time to um, share Jesus so that if people are interested in knowing more about Jesus, they can come and they can just find out more then. Charlie, it's terrific what you do. Can we again show our appreciation? Charlie, thank you so much for sharing with us. I know we're just scratching the surface of so much going on. And now we're going to come back to King's Table, what we call King's Table Midweek. So we, we, we shared already about what we're doing on a Sunday. Um, but let's make Nikki. She's going to come and share with us now. She's also comes from kids' work. So uh, as we mentioned, James was sharing a little bit about this, uh, that we've guests expressing an interest about 
getting involved more in the life of the church, understanding mm -hmm. more about who we are as Christians, uh, wanting next steps. And so mm -hmm. we gave you, we tasked you in the summer last year, could you look at a next step that would be mm -hmm. meaningful and significant for King's Table guests who are coming here, have been part of mm -hmm. us for, for a while on, on Sundays? Uh, what could we do next for them? So you set up King's Table on a Thursday mm -hmm. lunchtime. Just tell us, uh, what is King's Table midweek and what happens? Uh, so it's a, a lunch, just an hour um, with chat and then we go on to a more sort of structured discussion led by one of our fantastic team members and uh, we talk about perseverance, love, faith, those sort of big subjects and then kind of come down and, and look at what the Bible says about those and then you know we have a chance to pray for any needs in the room. So, obviously got more time, mm -hmm. able to go into more, more mm -hmm. depth with people. What are some, this, is, this has only been going since October, mm -hmm. so it's still relatively new, we're learning a lot. Mm -hmm. But what are the, some of the highlights from that relatively short time of running this work? Well, we've been really blessed that we've always had someone come. We've never had any weeks when it's been just the team, which is fantastic. And that's, you know, because I think the trust and the relationship we built on a Sunday evening has meant that we've got that relationship with the guests. So those that choose to come along um, sort of do come regularly. Um, uh, it's We've had a, a, a lovely time reading the scripture together, you know, but um, some of them are, have, have a Christian faith, some of them have no Christian faith, um, but we all, they all get a chance to read and that's just lovely, really, really blessing. We were talking about how this might link into other areas of, mm -hmm. of church life. Can you tell us about one guest on Alpha? Yeah, yeah. so we had one guest that started Alpha um, and that, that's what's great about midweek is that it's that step towards Sunday mornings or Alpha or, you know, just as they can explore in a comfortable way, you know, what it means to be part of church. So what have we learned? I mean, th th this is still, still a new work and mm. we are learning so much by doing it. What do you think we've learnt by running this King's Table midweek? I think it's just been so lovely to see. Uh, I think I've grown um, from a, j j just being, because we're, we're all sinners, are we? We're all at that, um, we're, we, we all need God. And so we're sitting next to each other, learning more about what the word says and more about how, you know, about God and um, as equals, really. And so I've been... Yeah, so, so I, I, I've been changed by it. So, that, so that's what we've learned. It, it is not to, you know, that that God wants to show all of us something. I think it's and it's complicated, isn't it? Lives oh yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So complicated. Yeah, yeah. We've got to, um, you know, meet the guys as individuals. You know, and it's very easy when you see beggars around town or, you know, people drinking in Frogmore or something like that to sort of club them together in a big blob. But when you speak, you 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 get to know them and you, you find out the difficulties they've had in their life and what's led them to those difficult situations. Yeah, it's, yeah, you just realise they're all precious in the eyes of God, aren't they? You also want this, this work to deepen and mm. widen. So what would you like to see happen? What yeah, you, well, we'd love to see for? more guys come along, more and girls um, come along. Um, you know, we, we invite lots on a Sunday, and a lot, a lot of them will say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I come," but they don't. Um, so, yeah, so we'd like to see more, and we want to see lives transformed. At the end of the day, we want to see them 
you know, we want to see the difficulties that they're having in their life change, and we want to see them with a faith. Nikki, you're doing a... Oh, and, and of course, one, one other thing. yeah, I was going to say, and of course, we'd love more people on our team. Okay, well... <laughs> of course. And, and we'd love people to pray for us as well. Yeah, and that would be, it'd be lovely to know that people were praying for us, either at the time that we're meeting on a Thursday or, or during the week. That'd be really... Now, Nikki, I've boxed myself into a corner because I said I wouldn't say it again. So if people want... <laughs> If you're in the room <laughs> or you're watching online, there is a place you can go. Do you know where it is? Yes. Where is it? kchw.co.uk slash life. Life. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Nikki, let's show our appreciation. Wonderful.